So I was uh, walking into the city today, the Square Mile, the city of London. Mm. The uh, that that classic uh, medieval uh, uh, tax haven. You're off to do some finances. Mm. Well, I was off to drop off a PCR test because I just returned from my holiday. Oh, I had to do this also today. Yeah, mm. uh, but I did and, mine in Canning Town, much less glamorous. And and I I saw a sign that made me unbelievably furious. Oh, good. Uh, which was, it was a little... Oysters, overrated, says local man. <laughs> uh, it, worse. Just mm-hmm. like, you know the little like ashtrays they put on poles, right? Ashtrays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, that's right. Uh, I, welcome, to, welcome to the damn podcast. No, yeah. uh, little ashtrays they put on poles. Yeah, right. On the lamppost. Like yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, and and uh, over that ashtray was uh, a sign that said, in the square mile, we bin our gum. Oh, that's a. Uh, oh, that, I've seen that. Sign that that's an almost Bromley Borough Council level of uh, like sort of mm. hectoring. Heck, well, it's what well, I it's what I find sort of it's just like this. We, Little we, Singapore in more ways than one. Here we here we are in like the uh, drug money laundering capital of the world. And there's a little sign that has the tone, has the condescending tone of a school marm. Yes. <laughs> like, to not litter around the drug money laundering capital of the world. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise you'll upset the money. Yeah, <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't be upsetting the money. And the drug money is the best kind of money mm. they launder, to be honest with you. At least drugs are cool. <laughs> That's you right. Know? People need drugs. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand why organized crime has to step in yeah, where the government refuses to gum legalize. on the streets. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you see some gum on the streets, do some coke about it. Mm. Hi everybody! Welcome to Trash Money. I object. Welcome to DF. Don't upset the money. Yeah, you go. Be, we're very with shh, season the four motto. <laughs> <laughs> the money is very tired. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 TF. It's it's us. It's Riley, Allison, Milo. Yeah. Um, and in in the TF, and no one else in the TF right. studio. Uh, we bin our gum. We as do. Well. Uh, no, it's we've been, been our garden. We've been our gum. We respect our bin men. Uh, yeah. we, we we cast our pod. We gum our bin men. In this well. house, we believe love is love. <laughs> bin men are respected. Yeah, we've been our gum. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also, bin lives matter. Look, we're this is an important an important episode uh, of, of TF because it's our uh, annual tribute to 9-11. Mm. Um, mm, for all so, who celebrate. Yeah. For our annual tribute to 9-11. Yeah, we're recording this on September 11th, but it's coming out on the 9th of November. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, so look, for, for our tribute to, to 9-11 this year, uh, I want to talk about when I think Brendan O'Neill... Because we did a Brendan, the last bonus episode, but it didn't get captured on the recording. Yeah. But when Brendan O'Neill has... It didn't get captured on the recording. Apparently it, was a, it was a room Brendan. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. Uh, uh, but that Brendan O'Neill has lapped you in terms of the ludicrousness of what he says. Amazing. You have been outpaced by events. So, mm. Milo... As, it happens so often. As the resident Brendan O'Neill whisperer on the show, I want to just know what your, what your, what's your take on Brendan O'Neill's article in Spiked that suggests that um, 9-11 was an early form of wokeness. 
I mean, all I can say is that Brendan O'Neill is the most talented rider of his generation. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. No one, no one has his level of power. Only, only Trump can compare mm. to Brendan's level of like chicanery. Only, only Brendan O'Neill could come up with like the snowflake salafists, the trans Taliban. I yeah. think that the thrust of of the argument essentially is that because they didn't have the normal demands that terrorists have, like specifically to release prisoners or whatever, um, or like to they, because they didn't have a set of material demands, therefore they were doing identity. When yeah, when you think uh, about it, it, it's the ultimate form of identity politics. Yeah, because mm. it was directly encouraged by the U.S. government as a plot to make woke capital. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, they they wanted to you know put rainbows on the police cars, so they yeah. had to do nine eleven. <laughs> That's right. They yeah. needed more police cars so they could get more rainbows on them. Yeah, and so they were like, "Well, we're going to need to like militarize law enforcement. That's going to yeah. require a huge amount of, um, of of, of a, a sort of a, a political will to kind mm-hmm. of uh, a, a paranoia yeah. about the other. If we want to do the woke capital stuff." Yeah, George yeah. Bush wanted to turn the J.P. Morgan fun run gay, <laughs> and that's why he had to do nine eleven. Hate, hate when I'm in my plane and it's been hijacked, and I'm I'm sitting back in my seat listening to the the hijackers over the intercom, and they start giving me their pronouns, and I'm just like, oh. mm. like ah, okay. oh, jeez. They just about got everyone through everyone on the plane's yeah. pronouns before they had to hit the tower. Uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe that they've turned nine eleven woke. I say as the as the nose cone of the seven forty seven <laughs> begins to collide with the offices of Cantor Fitzgerald. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's so good. He's he's so great. He yeah. he genuinely he never ceases to impress me. This is the thing I think a lot of people have asked me about writing the Brendan O'Neill articles and how it's done. And the, the trick with Brendan is that you have to start off with like a fairly banal culture war premise, and then there has to be like a prestige, like a turn, <laughs> a turn so so powerful, so deranged that only Brendan could do it. And this mm-hmm. is the perfect example. Well, yeah. and so I. I think- we we have a policy. We've had a policy for years of never reading a Brendan O'Neill article on the show. We're not going to no, read apart, it as a apart segment. Apart from the ones that Brendan does come on and read for us. Well, yeah, because yeah, he reads them for us. Yeah, we exactly. never read Brendan's yeah. words. No. Yeah, that's right. No, um, but I am going to read this now just because, just because it's so. Uh, you're you're so betraying our, our like code of values that we all had carved mm. onto that big stone. <laughs> yeah. We got it really cheaply from outside Labour Party headquarters. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Look, we have the same values. No, it's um, and this is directly something you could have written: Osama bin Laden's Extinction Rebellion style declaration. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. I think if Osama bin Laden was still alive, he might have become an extinction. Well, he was. Guy, he always know? talked about like he talked a lot about pollution because he didn't stop talking after he said uh, after he lied and said Al Qaeda did 9 11. Mm. Uh, he <laughs> didn't yeah. stop talking. Uh, and he he talked a lot about environmental issues and stuff. I could imagine like, yeah, just in the way that like everyone probably like their politics soften, you know, yeah. as they get older. I can imagine like Osama bin Laden just becoming like a lib in his <laughs> old age. That, that famous Churchillian phrase, if you're not a member of Al Qaeda when you're under 30, you have no heart. But if you're not a member of the CIA, 
after 30, you have no brain. Then you're the same. Then it's yeah. all the same person. And Osama bin Laden was both. So he really <laughs> yeah, did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, uh, 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 I, I like the idea that the biggest problem with bin Laden doing the environmental statements is like, psh, his father is so huge in construction. What a big hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, bin Laden's XR style declarations, his imbibing of woke fears for the future of the planet, initially appeared in Congress. Woke fears for the future of the planet. Oh, guys, <laughs> I just heard that if, uh, if the human race goes extinct, there won't be any pronouns anymore. <laughs> he kills thousands of people, then worries about the deaths of thousands of people in a future climate catastrophe. Uh, uh, yeah, the exact same number, in yeah. fact, making him a hypocrite. <laughs> and yet the fact that in- Al-Qaeda was an environmentalist outfit as well as an Islamist I one makes sense. I don't think those things were related. I don't think <laughs> part of the deal of 9-11 was them being like, this is how we're going to prevent climate change. <laughs> in common with global movements such as... Yeah, envir- they were disrupting air travel. <laughs> <In> com- <laughs> And to be fair, think of how many tons of CO2 that took out of the the sky. And to be fair, also making an agency-connected Deutsche Bank subsidiary very rich from shorting airline stock immediately beforehand. They also, they have made air travel extremely annoying. If I have to say something against Al-Qaeda, which I don't like to do, is Uh that their legacy has been to make air travel extremely annoying. And also, you can't, unfortunately, check into any of those trades because all those servers were in Building 7. Nightmare. Rats. Yeah. Uh, no, it says, um, and, it, and in terms of content, the temptation of the green outlook to Bin Laden seems to clearly have lied in what environmental environmentalism facilitates an expression of disdain for contemporary society. <laughs> so he basically is like, if you is that every is it like everyone is not everyone is basically Al Qaeda. It's like a horseshoe theory, but from the spiked guys, where everything that's not them is. Islamo-fascist communism and it's Al-Qaeda and it's Hitler and it's Stalin. They're all holding hands. Yeah. And Brendan O'Neill stands four square against the darkness. That's that's a fucking Ben Garrison cartoon I want to see. Yeah, come on, Ben. Hitler, Gaddafi, Bin Laden, all just like doing yeah. a little like a, ring a around the pink haired Antifa dance. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. That's so cool. Anyway, mm. I, I just I, I read this. <laughs> Anna so Gatsby, yeah. all of them all together. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, Net- Caitlyn Jenner. Just Net- was nine eleven. Caitlyn Jenner nine eleven. That guy with her car. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's Keir Starmer nine eleven. That delivered. It's all nine eleven. Everything's Al Qaeda. Mm, yeah. Oh right. uh, God, just Geronimo to, the alpaca for some reason. To live and truly, in his- what what better way to celebrate the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven? Than to do the opposite of the Baudrillard thing of like nine eleven never happened. It wasn't a real event. The only thing was like grand mythological narratives is to be like, no, everything is nine eleven. There is only nine eleven. Thousands of nine elevens every day. <laughs> From now until the day you die. I think if I could be in John Malkovich into anyone, it would be Brendan O'Neill. I want mm. to I want you to want a psychonaut inside his brain. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, but magic school bus tour of the inside of Brandon O'Neill's brain. Before we do that, I want the two of you to tell me. Okay. What do you think Formotive does? Nine eleven. <laughs> it's a company that illegally oh, it is not. It's not a company that does nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing court case. <laughs> Us just contending that we have right to discovery on that. Yeah. Like, can they prove they don't do nine yeah, eleven? Let's, let's because... see your fucking emails, dude. Form- yeah. Formative versus adult baby burping services limited in the high court. Yeah, yeah great. Uh, Lord Sumption, it is our reasonable belief. <laughs> This company has done 9-11 at least four times. 
Okay. So the first guess is what does formative do? 9-11. Yeah, they do 9-11. I found her walking out onto like a TED stage being like, <laughs> for thousands of years, humanity has had to suffer through analog 9-11s. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, this is basically what Osama bin Laden was. He was like a terrorist venture capitalist. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is cool. So that means now they'd have to do it with less hijackers because mm-hmm. of like you know Japanese management philosophy. Yeah, so the, uh, just in time, nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, yeah. What do you think you get an ISIS KP from? You know, first round funding is mm. nothing, nothing to laugh about. Mm. <laughs> okay, so uh, they certainly had some seed investors. ISIS, <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, the, the same people that were the investors in the Mujahideen. Oddly enough, it's like yeah. well, it's like it's <laughs> and like also the, weirdly a lot of people probably gave a lot of money to fucking SoftBank. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. Uh, wait, wait a minute! Right. Everything is 9/11. Yes, yeah. it's all the same people. It's all he was right again. God damn it, Brendan! You were right, just not in the way you expected. <laughs> ISIS probably one of the more successful startups uh, funded uh, by Saudi money. I see a new stand-up bit sort of developing in front <laughs> yeah. of me. Uh, no, formative, Milo. What do you think it does other than 9/11? <sighs> um, is it or like, do you just have 9/11 on the brain? Is it now? like an app that raises your children for you? No, no. Okay, well, if that if the name doesn't help, then maybe their statement of values will. Great. Is so, it carved on a big stone? Uh, <laughs> I, I wish it would be. No, it was uh, screamed to passengers over an intercom moments before. <laughs> Al-Qaeda stolen land acknowledgement <laughs> over the intercom. <laughs> we, we believe we're only successful as a team. We're a scrappy collaborative group that's open to challenging each other and believe in learning okay. something new uh, every I'm, day. I'm not hearing anything that Al-Qaeda couldn't also have believed. Okay. Mm. All right. Here's, here's six they more scrappy. things. Here's, here are their six values. Mm-hmm. Uh, work ethic. We look at each day as an opportunity to get better for our team, ourselves, and our customers. Each day is an opportunity to do 9-11. Great. <laughs> Ownership. We believe in each employee no, having responsibility. one opportunity to do 9-11 a year. We believe in each employee having no, responsibility two. and accountability to deliver. Okay. Yep. Nine eleven. Yep. Yeah. That, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Each employee nine, did certainly deliver. Look, nineteen out of the twenty were pulling their weight. <laughs> yeah. That one guy should have got up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the uh, flight nine. Well, flight ninety three. At the end of the agile sprint, they had to do uh, their reflections session, and it was an opportunity for them to learn and grow as an organization. Uh, unfortunately, they attracted some uh, regulatory <laughs> barriers after that. Yeah. Love to do the nine eleven wad. Uh, yeah, they they got regulated out of existence. Uh, uh, keeping the small entrepreneurial organization. Okay, curiosity. We look at each day as an opportunity to learn something new, not as an opportunity to prove what we already know. Yeah, like about the you know tensile strength of steel beams, for example. <laughs> Compassion. <laughs> We care how others feel around us, and we take the necessary time to understand their points of view. Oh, well, that's Asking not just their pronouns. That, yeah. that, no, that's not very Al Qaeda. Yeah, I'm starting to okay. think these guys might not actually be either. Well, you'll have an opportunity to change your guess once I finish reading the values. Uh, Self awareness. We know our strengths and weaknesses, and aren't afraid to ask for oh, help. But back to Al Qaeda. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) it's classic Al Qaeda shit. Mm. Integrity. We have the judgment to do the right thing, even when it's not in our own self interest. It's pretty Al Qaeda. <laughs> That's pretty. That is pretty Al Qaeda. Yeah, I mean, the, those nineteen. You know, mm-hmm. you had to say they were part of something bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't about them. It was okay. about the work that they do. So uh, I'm going to go back to the guesses here, right? Formative. Before I read the first line, right? It's formative. F O R M O T I V. Is it a driving okay. thing? Uh, no, no, nothing to do. It is something that you interact with purely online. 
It never ceases to amaze me the extent to which it's impossible <laughs> to guess what these startups are. Like from like from everything they say about themselves and from their name, other than parts where they directly say "we do this," is like you you could not possibly guess. Yo, it's because they're they're in. It's because the technology industry is not real. Yeah. Also, yeah, right, to, it's, to say something yeah. you only interact with online to me that that's like yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, nine eleven. But also, like yeah. all yeah. of my jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So, uh, um, is it Lithuanian uniforms? <laughs> <laughs> it it wasn't too long ago when most financial service transactions were done face to face. Is it like Zoom for your bank manager? Uh, close. Okay. Um, it's like okay. Whether you're applying for a new credit card, a mortgage, or a life, I should say uh, this was uh, given to me by Jathan from uh, our friends at This Machine Kills. Oh. Um. Well, you're applying for a new credit card, a mortgage, or listen to This Machine Kills, uh, or a life insurance policy, you would mm-hmm. likely sit down with an agent and fill out your application. Yes, yeah, oh, it's not a Zoom agent. thing. It's, it's, it's a fucking computer. Yeah. You're talking mm. to, to a chatbot that is going to tell you that you can't get life insurance. Close and more sinister. You're talking to a chatbot that can see you and can ju- judge your gender and race and things. <laughs> You're talking to smarter child, but he's been radicalized to Islam <laughs> and is doing 9-11. <laughs> closer. Alice is closer. Oh, what? <laughs> you are being spied on by this thing. Oh, cool. Uh, the agent, like any good salesperson, was trained to read your body language and behavioral cues. But now that people fill in forms for financial services products online, oh, no. it's it like watches you while you fill out the form. There it is. Oh yes. no! Oh fuck! It's the it's the, just the job interview phrenology thing again. But I, it doesn't use the camera. Oh, so if you well, what does it use? Well, it looks. It's a yo. Do I, a yo, do I move my mouse like an AGP? Satellite imagery. <laughs> well, Alice, that's basically what it does. If you spe- like, hover your cursor over like the box, if you're filling out like a life insurance application, and you like write down uh, that you smoke like I don't know once a week, and then you oh, it's like twice a week, and then you delete it and say once a week, that makes your application suspicious. Cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So basically, it says this is this they call digital body language. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard, right. and it's also not gonna work. No one's no. ever clicked on the wrong thing. No, uh, no one has ever. Uh, no one has ever paused, hovering a, a cursor over the how many units of alcohol do you drink a week, trying to remember what a unit of alcohol is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and then just just clicking the bottom option on the list, which is I am British. <laughs> you are instantly arrested. Assume the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It was a classic honeypot. <laughs> yes. But what if the agent was blindfolded? What if that uh, kinky? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if you were spanking the agent with this big paddle? What if the agent's been what a if, naughty little girl? What if the, yeah. what if what the, if the agent's <laughs> being tied up and pissed on? What then? <laughs> Would you do be interested in doing that to an agent? <laughs> yeah. <For example. laughs> this form is weird. Yeah. What, if, what, if, what if someone like me, for example, enjoyed being choked and gagged? How would you feel about that? <laughs> just, just as food for thought. <laughs> You're taking a while to fill in that box. You think you might want to just <laughs> come and fill in my box? Oh, no. Hey, what if you came and stamped on my balls? What about that? <laughs> Trying what to if get that insurance. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> it would make their job of reading and reacting to your body language impossible. The digital transformation, DT or capitalized, has blindfolded companies by moving their face-to-face transactions online, and most don't even realize it. But 
in 2017, we said no, no, it never worked. People could just <laughs> lie to you. Like it, it never worked. You, you, what? What? Do they? Do they honestly think that like? If there was like a foolproof way as a salesperson of telling if someone was lying about something quite trivial that you wouldn't even feel nervous lying about, like how many a- a units of alcohol or whatever, like that, like the cops might not have tried that. Like, do they not think that like, <laughs> well, it's, it's in 2017, we set out to solve this problem by creating Formotive. A di- mm. So it's Formotive, right? Ah. A digital behavioral intelligence platform that helps companies understand user intention like never before. Using our patented... Yeah, not at all. Using our patented <laughs> digital polygraph. Um, which, we we named it after a thing doesn't that work. doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we named it after a thing that famously like railroad railroads people into like false. Using my fucking yeah. digital orgone engine. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Would you be interested in uh, getting into this digital orgone engine with an insurance agent? <laughs> <laughs> the insurance agent being hooked up to the polygraph, yeah. but it just gives you electric shocks. <laughs> <laughs> and being like, yeah. Ooh, uh oh. Uh, I uh oh. Ooh, I'm eight feet tall. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're able to analyze thousands of behavioral cues, reading someone's digital body language, mm. information collected while they engage with a former application. Our AI models, uh, so magic, digest this information and allows our customers to understand and optimize user experiences while predicting and reducing all fraud in real time. So the in-person customer, this is from a presentation, in-person customer, bullet point one, signs of confusion and frustration, you can assist applicant. Highly engaged or motivated? Cross-sell the applicant. Nervousness or changing answers? Investigate further. So basically, mm. they're like, it's saying like, yeah, if someone's like really busting through the menus, you should try to sell them some more things. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll bust through that menu without noticing. Yeah, they're not just in a hurry. No, that means they love applying for insurance. Mm. Yes, they love it. Mm. They want to get more stuff. Yeah. Or if they're confused, me, if, daddy. if they're confused or frustrated, because maybe also, what's the difference between someone who's confused and frustrated by answering all of these invasive questions about what you do for insurance, and someone who's nervously changing their oh, don't answers? Don't worry, we'll, we'll definitely be able to tell. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. So the new digital customer, we, we've the same trained thing. it on the sort of like mental corpus of five hundred of America's like uh, most impulsive and densest cops. interestingly every time i try to buy insurance it just my computer just shoots a dog (laughs) weird weird. i tried to buy insurance then steven seagal busted down my house with a tank and ran over my dog i was trying to buy pet insurance yeah i I was unfortunately too late (laughs) (laughs) ah yet again uh curse you formative (laughs) you've 9-11 my house with steven seagal um, <laughs> the new digital customer, and then do you there's think, a do picture. Do you think Steven Seagal driving that that MRAP through the wall full of dogs was like Dog Nine Eleven? Yeah, yeah, I think that was Dog. <laughs> never, never forget. <laughs> Meaning Steven Seagal is Dog Al Qaeda. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I actually saw a 2016 Steven Seagal movie set in uh, Srebrenica, <laughs> which was supposed to stand in for New York, uh, right. <laughs> called called uh, a Dog Nine Eleven. Dog Nine Eleven. Uh, I, I I know I know that I really get along with my uh, with my girlfriend's father because when we were, when we were on sort of holiday with me and their family uh, in early July, yeah, we sex. stayed up. Vi- yes, <laughs> yeah. we stayed up when we were on holiday in like August of two thousand and one, planting a series of bombs around the foundations. 
Yeah. When we were flying with John Ashcroft on holiday between July and October 2001, when he oddly switched to flying exclusively private for some reason before going back to flying commercial, which he had done in the past. Weird how that happened, huh? It is weird how that happened. Um, yeah, we watched a lot of uh, late period Steven Seagal movies. It was nice. But no, here's how they set, talk about the new digital customer. Mm. Signs of confusion or frustration? Unknown. Mm. Highly motivated, engaged? Unknown. Nervousness or changing answers? Unknown. And then they have a little image of a guy in a hoodie at a laptop, which means how? Oh, oh yes. wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting a hug from David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, we, we people on our team have watched the movie Hackers and taken <laughs> notes. <laughs> Formative predictive risk scoring helps underwriters determine which application... Yeah, they, can, they can see blah, whether blah, blah, the text blah. is being entered in elite speak or not. So, you, yeah. you can set, so, one of the things you can do, for example, is basically like you plug this bit of script into your form, right? And then you, a little... Um, dashboard appears on like whatever you're whoever's sort of doing like like compliance or whatever mm. for this um and then like they'll get alerts when certain behaviors occur like if a user changes an answer on a form mm. after receiving an insurance quote which is always means you're lying yeah of course yeah um and uh for example it eliminates costly medical non-disclosure or tobacco usage non-disclosure with real-time risk signals so it can tell if you smoke based on how you click around a mm. form what if what if I'm you know I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to smoke or not depending <laughs> on what the insurance form spits out? I've got the cigarettes sat on the table. I'm like, right, do I want to do this or not? I want to see what the <laughs> options are. Um, but like the the insurance like applications for this are relatively less evil. The problem is, I think, the inevitable creep out of things like, uh, are you just like lying to your insurance company, which of course you are and yeah. you should, uh, but like mm. into other things, given how many forms we all fill out online now. Uh, yeah, what yeah. about the forms I fill out for my wife? Well, exactly. Well, you know what it is? is oh, you, it's, it's basically you click, like, um, I really hate having to write this, and then you click, of course I still love you, and she gets a little like <laughs> uh, notification. <laughs> <laughs> it's the... um. In a world of extremely high mm. stakes form filling, mm. yeah. which is a lot of how you interact with the state. <laughs> Star Wars opening <laughs> crawl text. <laughs> but I like that that's the I think you're sort of have it bang on, Alice, right? Which is that which is that basically what we've done is we're trying to divine sort of we're trying to div because we just imagine again these sort of perfect like liberal agents mm -hmm. who are sort of utility maximizers and who just like to sort of give and receive information freely, blah blah mm. blah. And you're trying Sucking to fucking <laughs> online information marketplace. You're trying to you're trying to detail right based on the tea leaves on chicken mm. gizzards. Yeah, you're trying to de derive information about them from which you can make it's, choices. It's, 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 it's the same thing again. with things like uh, university examinations. When we've like been trying to do those remotely, there is no practical way to prevent people from from cheating in a remotely done exam. And so the only answer in order to seem like you're doing something is this kind of like uh security theater where you try to like get a you know a, a computer that's running a magic eight ball on it to interpret mouse clicks and and the thing is right it's more than just security theater though or just like well actually it's not mm -hmm. more than security theater cuz i think that there's security theater isn't just fake security no. it also randomly targets mm -hmm. people with uh punitive yes. measures right because oh, yeah, nice. it has to be seen to and I think so. Like, if you're, I don't yeah, know, like filling coming out, back there and slapping their tits. <laughs> if, if you're brand, if you're filling out like a home office form or whatever, and they decide that you move the mouse like an overstayer, mm. that can kind of 
railroad you into a lot of bad consequences. Basically, mouse mm-hmm. like an overstayer. Based on just some yeah, shit. But also, they on, they only right. have to do that like uh, a like a percentage of the time for everybody else to get the message that like, oh, I should be frightened when I fill out this form. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like it's the. Uh, just the little bits of control that you have over your life. Silicon Valley idiots are busy trying to um, take away, but by subjecting you to the live in the world of like paranoia with friend mm. computer, who's really worried about like how fast you're typing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. It's great. Oh, all right. Uh, you want to talk about Britain a little no. bit? Oh, <laughs> We keep talking about four motive. I could go find some other stuff out about them. <laughs> no, let's talk about the bad place. Yeah, I uh, like at, when I, I having just arrived back into Britain two days ago. Uh, I had been uh, during during uh, our holiday in Croatia. I'd been bitching to my girlfriend about like how annoying Eastern Europe is. And then when we got back, as soon as we landed at Britain, there was like a parade of border force guys trying to look hard at the customs thing with their like little. Their little handcuffs, and they all had like black gloves on, like mm-hmm. rubbing their knuckles, like looking as you go through. And I was like, you know what? I take back everything I said about Eastern Europe. Look at these fucking cunts. I forgot how <laughs> terrible this country is. Like, wannabe cops. What's worse than being a wannabe? <laughs> Imagine joining the fucking border force. Oh. Like, you're too pussy to even be a fucking cop. You're gonna be the suitcase cops. <laughs> you mean the fucking the fucking passport cops? What the fuck, man? What the fuck is wrong with you? How little pussy do you have to get in your fucking life to join the fucking suitcase cops? <laughs> I, think, I think the thing with so border you forces, is here. like, you have to be unusually racist <laughs> cruel well, and unusual yeah. racist. they used to be called the border agency mm. and then that wasn't hard enough exactly, so now yeah. they're the border force yeah, like a they, branch they, of the they army in some ringers from dave courtney <laughs> yeah the bouncers we of need people with flat noses yeah you're not coming in in those shoes <laughs> <laughs> britain adopts a door policy <laughs> yeah you back no 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 bottles of water mate sorry <laughs> Well, 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 what do we have here? <laughs> All right. Mm. Um, no, so I, I wanted this is sort of a, a long, a long discussion just of, of, of things, you've had enough sunshine. <laughs> things to things, <laughs> things to do with how sort of Britain is going mm. and its politics are poorly. Going. So I wanted to start with this, mm. um, which is uh, young labor, the youth youth wing of the Labour Party, yeah. uh, which is sort of much more for those of you who don't know, uh, is much more associated with its left. Um, yeah, much, much like all be, young people are. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, the, 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 and, and this is in the context right now, which we'll sort of talk about a little more later, of like uh, the Tories tax raising themselves into the first minor poll lead in one poll by uh, Starmer's Labour uh, since uh, ever. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, Keir yeah. Starmer's Labour playing the incredibly clever game of simply not being the Tory party. Yes. So that's, that is the extent of their policy, is just like standing there and going like, well, we're not those guys. And they've, they, they've hey. only just figured this out after several months of being the Tory party. <laughs> mm. uh, what, what if we tried saying we weren't them? Ooh, I don't know. Mm. No, um, so, but while this is sort of going on, right, the, the sort of the focus uh, of the sort of the... Um, or at least the focus of sort of much of the bureaucratic machinery seems to be on trying to uh, disaffiliate and punish 
anybody associated with Young Labour. Yeah, of course. This sort of only all came to left. a head. They can only kick left. Yeah. So this all came to a head when uh, Jess Barnard, who is the uh, the leader of Young Labour, um, uh, basically received an e- an email from a Labour disciplinary committee saying, uh, "You are officially under investigation for two tweets you've done saying that transphobia is bad." Again, it was because she nervously moved her cursor <laughs> over the tweet button. <laughs> but like again, with the border force thing, it's like uh, internal party disciplinary people. Very much the wannabe cops vibe. Mm. Well, it was there. There was the email itself. I sort of I, I remember reading it. it. Had this very hectoring tone, mm. saying, "What? Don't you regret your um?" Again, referring to two tweets. Uh, one is an email, and one is a Facebook post. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, but these are also very old, right? So someone from uh, Labor, uh, the Politburo, uh, has essentially gone through her tweets from years ago identified two that were critical of TERFs, mm-hmm. and then said, you're going to be under investigation for disciplinary processes now. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't you regret this? As though talking to a sort of stroppy yeah. child. Um, in, in, okay, in the Labour Party, we endorse our transphobia. Yeah, well, I, Literally, that I, is true. This is, this is what is awesome about the Labour right, and about Britain in general, but this is a great example from the Labour right about how, like, in their in their unending quest to get away from the rampant uh, Juche Stalinism of Corbynism, they have managed to invent the NKVD. <laughs> like, would you like to recant this? <laughs> we advise you to recant this. Well, it's- Otherwise, you're going to come with us to a basement and then no further. <laughs> well, it's what they've done is. Is it's basically like what if uh, Beria was a uh, double-digit IQ puss, more <laughs> yeah. or less, mm. who's like really sort of who's got basically wants to like turn the immense power of the Labour Party's mm. disciplinary uh, mm. uh, board into a place he can sort of prosecute his moronic. Yeah, and this this happened the same morning that uh, a Labour MP for Canterbury, Rosie Duffield, decided to log the fuck on and post. Uh, Oh. A, 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 several, several spicy tweets. Uh, essentially, yeah. along the lines of, "I support trans people's rights to to live as they choose, except to uh, use any female facilities, including toilets, prisons, prisons." Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, no but they can't take you to prison. Yeah. Fuck shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they made they made the prisons too woke. <laughs> Domestic violence. Use prison. Uh, fucking changing rooms. So like. Uh, yeah, and so this prompted a lot of uh, a lot of controversy, some resignations from the Labour Party, but none from people who like. Yeah, good. Matter, there should be more. You know, more yeah. of those. Um, but <sighs> I think right the the thing I, one of the things to sort of um, I think build to here really right is that we all know that they will endlessly support um, Rosie Duffield, and they will endlessly try to find or invent reasons. To try to um, you know, remove the Jess Barnards, right? Mm. That is just that's part and parcel of who they are. Oh, because that's how we're doing politics. And what I found, and, and the other thing that sort of this is also sort of regarding young labor, as you might remember mm. a few couple of weeks ago, is that is that there is that uh, young labor was putting on some um, like pro Palestinian uh, events at conference, which is coming up, and there, and and basically Oliver Cam, a Times journalist, uh, insinuated that by sort of calling for but it, that. By supporting uh, Palestinian, by, by engaging in solidarity with Palestinians, they were calling for the destruction of Israel, and therefore, his words, a second Holocaust. Oh, that seems like a reasonable and, point of view. Yeah. 
and yeah. the, and the thing is right it's it received no response from the leadership at all because on this issue they've decided that the opinion that anything that remotely looks like palestinian solidarity is basically calling for a second holocaust and it means that if you're going to be, it means that you're going to basically leave your own youth wing of your party out to dry when they're again a massive high level journalist says this because you're like well I guess we kind of have to believe that too, because all we can, because we paint ourselves into the corner of um, only of, of just saying, well, what we're going to do is we're going to agree with everything and apologize for everything. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to leave ourselves no room. If you're going to say that to us, we're going to say, you're right and we're sorry. Yes. And that yeah, did. Listen, that's all they can listen, that's all they can do. has a busy day of like, I don't know, like five hours of like uh, hanging out, doing Bohemian Grove stuff in front of mm. a big statue of uh, of Neil Kinnock, and like another hour and a half of apologizing. Yeah, yeah well, because that's the thing. If you, anything you do that left wing, that's anti-Semitism. Yeah. Because there have never been any left wing Jews, and mm. we all know this to be. And it's not anti-Semitic to say that either. Yeah. It's very important to point that yeah. out. So it says, um, it's 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 that number one. Like this is where where we are, right? This is where this is where sort of our, our situation. Not we as in the Labour Party. We as in the general sort of politics yeah. of the country. <laughs> Unfortunately, we as people who live in Britain. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it feels like being like shackled to a dead moose that's just been kicked <laughs> off a cliff, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. Just like everything, like as banal as it even is to talk about Brexit. Just everything is just like an unending. Just like ah, oh, I see some other people who live in the same country as me have decided to just fuck everything up once again. <laughs> you're, there's a song. There's a song I actually quite like uh, by a producer called Clouds, called "Chained to a Dead Camel." Oh. Uh, so you should check that out. Uh, oh, guess guess what it sounds like? Yeah, that sounds like living in Britain. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons to, to talk about this, right, is that there is probably going to be, or at least a lot I, uh, predictions of mugs game. I'm not in it anymore. But, uh, no, there's, but there's my this friend suggestion Paul, that who is an octopus, yeah. has suggested yeah. that yeah. there will be. An early election. Yep. Mm. He was hovering over the yes and no while he was doing that, so we're not sure. <laughs> um, and so I, 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 I'm going to put the marker down if there is one. Mm. I'm going to say you actually should do a lesser of two evils vote for any, for like just to reduce the share of the Labour Party in any way that you possibly can. <laughs> Uh, because these people need to be shown uh, how much well, they are detested this, by the people th- they clearly This detest. is uh, not going to be an issue for uh, listeners in Scotland for whom, uh, you know, go ahead, throw your vote away. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like, the, like my actual worry about this, right, is that uh, they may because because like because the Tories have done this sort of tax rise uh, to pay for um, uh, social care tax, of course, on people who work. Obviously not. Of course, yeah. Anything else? Um, raising the marginal tax rate for graduates in Britain now with a student loan to like fifty percent uh, over twenty seven thousand uh, pounds. That's where you're awesome. So you have a yeah, student loan. That's your tax rate. Tax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and my, my my worry though, right, is that I feel the least funny outcome is that labor does like better than expected, mm-hmm. right? And they can sort of that. Well, number one, sort of prove their odious point that's you know politics as elite consensus which is seriousness is the only way that it should be done like we're not even talking about like Keir Starman like winning a majority or anything we're just talking about like exceeding the polls oh a majority is impossible but like completely getting getting a couple of points more in the polls more than expected uh just the worst twitter experience you'll ever have 
And mm. like the thing is, if you're going to do if you're going to do politics the way that they have fought tooth and nail to do it, right? Mm. Which is the politics of retail politics, which is well, we're not the other guy. Mm. Um, yeah. Then yeah, all they want to be the Democrats. That all you can do is you can only rely on demographics. Mm. And I think there's there's one thing right that has there's one demographic trend that kind of is on their side, which is like yeah, so Scotland gone. Yep. No, everyone hates them there. Percent I saw in one poll. Yeah. Uh, um, suffering from the yeah. effect, the effects of long Richard Leonard there. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then like, but the fact is, the the one thing they have on their side, right? The only the only thing that they can really bank on is that Jess one, Phillips, is, the unbridled charisma <laughs> of Jess Phillips. The one thing they can unleash her, unchain her, <laughs> let her loose, <laughs> feel her wrath. <up. laughs> And she will vanquish Mr. them. Gorka, how did you get in here? Yeah, <laughs> what they, what they think they, they, the thing that they have going for them, right, is because they have did everything in their power to like denude themselves of anything other than elite consensus formation politics, mm. just relying on people having a brand preference. Basically, is London? Because London is like it's London's like a, a machine, right? Sure. It's, it's and it's sort of it sucks young people off. like. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, London is a big machine that sucks you off. It's like it's like it's like like Corbusier, you know. A house is a machine for living. London is a machine for sucking you off. It's just young yeah. people from around the country just coming and just docking into the M twenty five. Just all, all just and then all that all flows yeah. into Westminster. Having sex with a woman and coming <laughs> to make like a new. Day I'm in to, London right now to make a new getting, David Cameron. <laughs> getting sucked off by uh, a stogie. The entire country getting sucked yeah. off by London. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could you could make a little um, yeah, you know, like uh, guitars. Uh, I've, I've yeah, the little them. sticker yeah. that says uh, "This machine kills fascists." You you want to guitars have that? You want a sticker <laughs> that says "This machine sucks you off." I would love that sticker. I mean, I, I and then have it on I your d- guitar. I do see <laughs> one benefit to this, which is I think a sticker that says "This machine sucks you off" is funny to put on almost any machine. Of any size. Yeah. Oh, Co- coffee maker. I, I, Funny. Yeah. Hilarious. Wood chipper. The recorder. Yeah. The, the recorder. Yeah. The uh, the 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 mixing deck. Yeah. I'm looking at right now. Hilarious. A computer. Combine harvester. Hilarious. A but, camera. Hilarious. It's like someone. I I did a tweet the other week where someone posted a viral photo of their uh, that their parents had taped Diana's funeral and it had said like "Do not tape over." And then someone replied to my tweet about it and was like. How many times do you reckon they've watched this since they recorded it? Any number is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like anything from zero to infinity is a but funny. It, but answer. it gets funnier if the VCR has a little sticker on yeah, it yeah. that says "This machine sucks you off." Yeah, yeah. Ca- like bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> for yeah. Yeah. On the car that Diana died in. <laughs> this a, a Fiat TV. Uno sucks you off. <laughs> yeah, off this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Getting sucked off this mortal coil. I had a point. Before we started yeah, talking it, it was that we should make and distribute and sell uh, little stickers that say this machine sucks you off. Yeah, exactly. That's the new TF merch. <laughs> it's just a t-shirt that says this machine <laughs> sucks you off. It, lit- it literally could be. We, we, stickers cost nothing. We could make those. Yeah. Mm. 
Oh, God. Okay. Free with every new Trash Future t-shirt, a sticker that says this machine sucks you <laughs> yes. That S- would be very funny. Send us your like, photos yeah. of machines oh. you have stuck your sticker that says... We could get those ones that, like, you know, the, like, the film ones that stick on car windows. Ooh. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want the something rear, with a really yeah. strong adhesive that you can just fucking slap onto anything. I want to see one on the side of a boat. I want to see one on the side of a tank. <laughs> Perfect. Mm, I, yeah. I put it on a bus. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. But what's the one thing you can't put it on an, a build? I can't believe I had a point. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was it. about how funny it would be to have a really <laughs> like a variety of differently sized stickers saying this machine <laughs> will suck you up. It said London is a machine that sucks young people from around the country out of towns throughout the country and spits them out into mm. the southeast. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't point. fucking swallow. Rude. <laughs> mm. uh, which is basically like that. There are kind of some demographic trends that are in, in, in that are in the favor of a of a. If your politics is going to do that, then basically. What you have to do is just sit there as quietly as possible well, like, and wait for like this great yeah. demographic shift to happen well, like, in the that, southeast. That same th- same reason why the sort of latest cohort of red wall Tory MPs are all f- such fucking idiots is because neither party has bothered cultivating anybody there. Uh, same reason the Scottish mm-hmm. Labour Party is like the best we could have done was Richard Leonard was because there's just an absolute charisma mm-hmm. vacuum because anybody who had any talent or any like affinity for anything just immediately got sucked off by the machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All well in the heart of the machine. Very well indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, very, very well. But, All best DC. <laughs> uh, but and, and what, what sort of prompts me to sort of think about this, right, is that because there is this tax rise of about 1.25% mm. national insurance, it's going to pay uh, for all N- extra NHS surgery like, procedures that, for the next three yeah. years. Which, which that is going good. to good. Yeah. More tax. Good. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Just uh, tax someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not mind paying more tax. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like sort of neither here nor there. I think like, look, it's the... I'm I'm neither here nor there about it. I like good public services. I'm willing to pay for them. Yeah. That's fine. It would be I nice wish they would if make this someone happened, else pay. Because yeah. I have zero would... faith, even even if I pay this new tax, that it will actually provide like good services because we're not capable of doing those anymore. Oh god, no. No, no, no. Because mm. like it's even It'll just go to some fucking yeah, like Circo sure. or like yeah. fucking G4S uh yeah. Well, it's it's just to do a little bit of detail of what's going on here, especially for our American listeners, is that uh, at the, at NHS, as you know, funded all this. Um, and, and then social care is like if you have dementia or if, you're, if you need home care and so on. It's mm. so wildly residualized that um, basically like, you can get free social care from your council if you have like assets of quit mm-hmm. more or less yeah. yeah um yeah that's more or less it like you mostly can't get it mm. um and so the government has basically said okay we're going to cap lifetime social care spending at like eighty five thousand pounds mm. and then once you spend over that then your the government will sort of step in and pay for the rest of it until your life until the end of your life or until you don't need social care anymore mm. and mm. this has and m- much of what this has meant right is that this has led to like huge catastrophes for the nhs because Basically, like the the sort of broad social service provider of last resort is the NHS, and yeah. like they can't release someone out of out of a bed if they don't have a reasonably good place to go. Mm-hmm. 
And so the NHS ends up and instead of being a medical service provider, just ends up being this sort of big net that does sort of lots of different things. Yeah, which is right? partly yeah, by yeah, design because yeah. you know the, it, on a theoretical basis, a lot of these people want it to fail. Yeah, mm. and um, and so they're basically right that, and, and so that's where we are. Right, so this is going to have not a care service necessarily, but the state will step in and sort of you know pay for it. And but Riley, you, know, the, um, you hear yeah. me say, as leftists, we love the state doing stuff. This is th yeah, this is, more, this is yeah. a left wing project, surely. Boris Johnson yeah, well, is now a Marxist, isn't that the case? Uh, well, just the problem. <laughs> this is this is the this is absolutely the case where um so, such uh, incredible sort of brain spurts such mm. as uh, 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 Matthew Paris have basically said ah. Britain has now taken a sharp turn to the left under Boris. It says the Corbynite dream of a big state and worker power is coming true while the right's global Britain has socialism stalled. Socialism is when the government does things, and the more yep. things it does, the mm. more socialism it is. And, and, and it doesn't matter, right, that like these are the same people who are going to plunge like you know, thousands, if not you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of families into poverty by just cutting universal credit. Yep. Uh, these are also the people who are like, cap yeah, they're capping social care costs. But then, like, still, when they start paying for it, they're probably going to be paying, as you said, Alice, like, Richard Branson. Yeah. And also, right? not, not like, to be like, oh, poor, poor <laughs> graduates with student loans to pay back, you know, us. Uh, at, you know, only the top 1% should ever have to pay tax, ever. Although, it's quite fun to say that. Uh, like, it's also the case that, like, part of the reason why... All of that, you know, uh, fucking student debt accrues in the first place is because of mm -hmm. fucking tuition fees. And also, having oh, yeah. crashed the economy, nobody can get a job unless it's podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And, I mean, again, like, we're not sort of... Our, our political media ecosystem is almost uniquely ill-equipped to handle right. this by looking at just, like... Because I think what, what the Matthew Paris of the world has done is they've confused a vaguely functional state mm. with one that is essentially a of a socialist character mm. yeah. because they've been that sort of it's capitalist realism they, they, right yeah mm. yeah. And, yeah capitalism is when nothing works and socialism <laughs> is when like some stuff works yeah <laughs> and there's this there's this whole thing right uh there's this freak out up now it's like oh where have the real conservatives gone have we finally got, do we finally have the kind of national conservative that's been sort of predicted for you know eons as the thing that sort of squares the ideological circle of why all these sort of uh, ostensible free marketeers suddenly love the government so much, right? Um, and it's like, ah, the red wall sort of won't love this or, or whatever because they, or, or the, the red wall will, will, will like this or so on and so on. They're sort of trying to read those tea leaves again of like, who will care about what sort of tax rise where? And it's like, number one, the red wall, it's, it's an illusion. It's all made mm. up. I don't know. I don't know if Matthew Paris was shaken as a baby or something, but it would be implied by his level of analysis. Where do you get off being like, oh, now the Tories are left wing? It's just like, mate, like pre Patel is Home Secretary. You just is that is that glancing off your fucking brain? No, the thing is that they they think that they're economically left wing but culturally right wing. And columnists love that. And they're half right. <laughs> <laughs> columnists love that because it allows them to square this circle, mm. right? It allows them to square a circle where they have to explain the phenomena of the last five years. Mm. And when they, wanted, they, they want to sort of do that by 
Yeah. Without like, sort of you know updating any of their yeah. priors, and, and, for and broadly, yeah. the, well, the, the phenomena of the last five years are uh, capitalism collapsing to such an extent that occasionally the state has to do the bare minimum, uh, like for ideological reasons, it does the least it can possibly get away with to try and kick the can down the road. But every time it does, somebody goes, some like Matthew Paris leans out of a window and goes, "You just kicked that can. That's fucking socialism." Mm. Yeah. Matthew Matthew Paris with a brain the sort of consistency of a half-chewed Farley's rusk mm. soaked in milk <laughs> sat at his desk typing using his entire palms <laughs> as he attempts to br bring some order into global events which he has not understood, not only for the last five years, but I would wager for his entire fucking life. <laughs> Matthew Paris, you stupid fucking cunt. <laughs> Shut the fuck up for the rest of your fucking life. Feeling quite shaken um, by that, Milo. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was hoping you'd be stirred. <laughs> right, so this is, um, let's say, what do you say? This is. It's that they need to set the square of this circle because they have this conception of what politics is, which is, well, politics is when, uh, when people do things, right? Mm. It is there is no this is just people sort of inventing uh, programs then executing them. There's mm. sort of no broader view, say, of why things are the way they are. They just sort of take them as read yeah. and then try to explain them by sort of looking at personalities, mm. and that's mm. what that's how you get to sort of the, the attempts to like. Try to divine this sort of uh, Workington Which, man. It, it, it's also the same ago. thing that like right. liberals do with uh, like, is this credit card my friend? Kind of thing. It's yeah. it's like it, it, so relentless commitment to never doing anything in the slightest bit materialist. So all you your credit card can be your friend if you take enough PCP. <laughs> so all you do is personalities. So you end up with like mm. girl boss Pelosi mm. or whatever. And, and so what's mm. in this whole sort of. This this question sort of oh is the is the Tories becoming socialist? It's that well what we really have now is we've got like yeah we're paying sort of like you know we're increasingly right yeah we are paying like European level taxes for mm. American style public services. It's the worst of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> that's a compromise, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, in responding to this, when he's not busy, sort of you know um, trying to like disaffiliate young labor from labor um the labor right by a starmer as said well he's going to oppose the tax rise because it's on working people he thinks that the money should come from wealth and so on which is sure great fine mm. yeah that's that is probably if we were asking this very narrow question of how should this be done this is probably what i would agree with mm. but then now starmer's coming out and saying we should have a wealth tax but there's no program that it fits into. He's never said anything like that before. No, no because he's, he's not a program guy. Like, yeah. not even at the sort of Miliband level of carving a bunch of shit onto a rock. Like, this is fully like just a triumph of Labour factionalism and right factionalism. Mm. So of course they don't have a plan. Of course they don't have a program because that's sort of inimical to their whole project, which was Corbyn out, uh, salt the earth. Uh, you know, raise every building to the ground, and at, at any cost, any cost, yeah. the left has to be you know beaten back down. Interior, focus group room, day, uh, Keir Starmer's earpiece is buzzing. Keir, everything you've said so far is losing them. You're crashing in the polls. You've got to do something. Keir Starmer, you can see the cocks whirring in his mind. He's had a flash of brilliance. He turns the chair backwards. <laughs> he sits down. <laughs> 
he looks Baz Gaz directly in the eye and says, I don't welcome what the Prime Minister has said. <laughs> Landslide. <laughs> 600 seat victory. <laughs> shot, of, shot of Jon Snow coming as the entire board turns red on election night. That's like Jeremy Vine is swung off of his feet. <laughs> it's, it's, I think like the it, it's like trying to ask the Labour Party now to like have a set because the thing is if you're committed to not having a program because your whole thing is if you have a program then that's not doing what the voters want because the voters mm. voted for the other program. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to be the Tories because yeah. that's what if they you, want. So if you ne- if your politics is to never do that, then when you sort of when the Tories fuck up, which they do because they hate governing, right? Mm, yeah. And do something sort of unpopular, then you have zero things to... It's like, try, it's like the Romans trying to appoint a mayor of Rome after... A mayor of Carthage after the Punic yeah. War. It's also like... Right? I, I, Carthage is now burned and salted. Mm. You're, wh- why bother having a mayor well, the, of gu- the good news is, mm. this is a very long, uh, you know, cycle, right? Time is a flat circle. Mm. So eventually, at some point, the Labour Party may end up back in government. Uh, yeah. And it, because of the machine. Like yes, because, yeah, because they finally it, like, bring back Tony Because Blair. they invented the machine that sucks off young people from around the country, yes. <laughs> um, which, of course, would be tremendously popular. Now, at, at some point, at some point, there may be another Labour government. It may well be a right-wing Labour government. Uh, and sort of, again, with like it, it'll be Blairism again, which is the part of what the Labour Party sort of institutionally has believed itself to be for, is to wait for the Tories to fuck up for the thousandth time, and for that to be enough mm. to like coast over into into government, and then use all of that sort of like goodwill that you've accumulated in order to start a, a multi generational foreign policy disaster that alienates all of your voters. Are you suggesting that Britain unwisely entering into the European rate mechanism caused the Iraq war? I'm also suggesting that uh, (laughs) Prime Minister Starmer is going to get us to occupy fucking Zambia or somewhere, just for old time's sake. Yeah. Well, because it's like... Keir Starmer in a pith helmet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's like, it's... We lo- they love it. Just, they love yes, that right. shit. Even in government for like fucking fifteen years, they tried their absolute hardest to incinerate every last piece of their own credibility. Um, and uh, and it's, I think it's like the other prestiging, thing, right? right? You, you, you you like level up to the maximum, and then you got to like start over in order to get those gold weapon skins. Well, I think the other thing, right, is that mm. one thing that I th- it's sort of unsurprising is that. You know what they're not talking about, right? They're they're sort of the Tories do something and he responds generally supportively, but in this case sort of critically. Mm. What no one seems to be doing is talking about the fact that um uh, shortages because we, I know we've talked about that recently, but I think it's important to basically be thinking yeah, about that all the time. Worse. No one seems mm. to be he doing told that. Told you it would get worse and it got worse. Yeah. Uh, that, that should have listened to Uncle Trash That's right. <laughs> but that, that the um, <laughs> your sort of, Uncle Trash future who has an HGV license but refuses to drive. Yeah, well, it's that the do I do something about the nonsense? <laughs> food and Drink Federation boss and uh, the Food and Drink Federation, by the way, a literal trade body uh, yeah. for food and drink, uh, 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 like grocery. Uh, yeah, stores. they're they're from the Phantom yeah. Menace. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, those guys. It basically said, "Yep, uh, the UK is now going to experience permanent <laughs> shortages." Oh. And I mean, the thing is, I think this should be taken with the. Sorry, did you just use the word permanent? Yes. Oh, 
Well, that's not a good kind of shortage. <laughs> no, we would, we would, like a, we'd prefer a transitory one, I think. That's a bad... Hang on, what was that about a trans shortage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not enough of them. Yeah. Um, yeah you're keeping them all in Europe. <laughs> so, the... the, the and I get this lorry full of pussies stuck <laughs> anything that the food and drink federation yeah <laughs> anything that the food and drink federation boss says about mm. his own industry as an as a lobbyist for industry basically should be taken with an enormous grain of salt mm. because well, I think what mostly what he's doing is basically sort of uh, campaigning trying to scare people into making the government trying to scare the government into like doing uh, like Elizabethan press gangs but for HGV yes. drivers yeah you know there's a sense, I think, in which, like, because they, they don't, because they don't want to pay lorry drivers more, they will do anything in their power to not pay lorry drivers more. Mm. Anything. Yeah, and the government doesn't and, want to tax them less. So that, that's no, the battle no. of wills. Exactly. And, but nevertheless, right, like, the fact is, like, the shortages are happening and are getting worse. Um, and it's because the just in time, the just in time supply chain system is, which like, is great and has never gone wrong permanently fucked and there is nothing there with which you can build a new set of okay, supply chains. It has, no, it has right. no elasticity. There's nothing built into it that can absorb no. any kind of shortages. Stuff by the like, uh, it, you know, it's, it's feast and famine, right? Stuff backs up yeah. on one end and you get like oversupplies and you end up with farms having to like dump milk or like slaughter pigs or whatever. Uh, but And then shortage on the other end. This was every, like basically every day when I bothered to show up to lectures at business school was them patronizingly saying something like the most genius system ever devised just in time supply chains because nothing is wasted. And then me just being like, hi, uh, first time listener and first time caller. Isn't that really stupid? <laughs> yeah, like it saves money in like a perfect frictionless world. But also in reality, what happens is it just goes wrong like every fucking day and then you lose money. And then they're like, shut up. <laughs> it's Japanese. <laughs> the Japanese have never been wrong. <laughs> when have the Japanese ever done anything bad? I'm listening. Come on then. Well, Four hours later. Okay, but apart from that. <laughs> uh, well, it's the... um. Part, I mean, partly right. It's the it's. We've talked about this when we had our, our episode with Alex Skaggs and just and just in time, yeah. right? Where like it doesn't just mean do less, but Western businesses sure have interpreted it that mm. way. Mm. Uh, but when you kind of down tools the entire supply chain, except for like two guys, to mm. make, so it's cheaper. There's like it's very hard to like rebuild post world because it's post World War II that most of the infrastructure gets done because everything is very mobilized still. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you can do that. And or same thing with the New Deal it was a political response, a political response to something sort of to a, a massive economic Even crisis, like, like yeah. any kind of holistic response, because what we're seeing is like the, the mm. problem, as, as we've identified what this Food and Drink Federation guy said is that like uh, the, the UK shopper and consumer could have previously expected any product they want to be on the shelf or in the restaurant all the time. And that's going to yeah. be over and it's not coming back. That's, you know, that makes sense, right? Same thing with, like, uh, you know, you're not going to be able, in, a, in like, a, a reasonable society to be able to buy and have delivered, you know, your, um, I don't know, ship's anchor or box of sex, sex dildos, dildos or whatever the next day. Oh, not the sex dildos. They're going to be stuck with regular dildos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. right. But, like, we're not replacing the, the sort of demise of that unsustainable system with a sustainable system. Mm. Where, for instance, no. you could get 
you know, fewer things, but like more sustainably, or it takes longer. Instead, what we're getting is uh, another unsustainable system that's worse and less predictable. So if, if I could sort of try to, by way of sort of mm. summarizing, mm. right, I think what we're sort of ending up with is a, sort of European levels of taxation, yep. American levels of public service provision, and Soviet levels of like product choice. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, and like, awesome. and like 1945 Germany levels of product delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, I hate this fucking country so much. <laughs> it's such a joke. It's just so fucking stupid. Well, it's the it's the, I, just every day I wake up in this country and I'm just like, what, what now? So what fucking now? Mm. Like America is like crueler and and like more like it's a higher stakes thing and it's like it's more fucked in lots of ways. But at least it's not as much of a fucking joke. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like every day in Britain, it's like, oh yeah, we've run out of Marmite because my cousin Johnny, who was fed carnation milk as a baby and only has like half a brain full of black water, like a fucking Habsburg, got put in charge of all of the lorry drivers for some reason and decided to pay them in peanuts. No, not metaphorically, actual peanuts. And now just like, yeah, there's no stuff. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's well, the, 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 season four, Britain. baby. Britain isn't real. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's that... If uh, the, the thinking about the long arc of sort of from season three to season four, mm. season one and two didn't have arcs. We were still figuring out what it was we did. Yeah. But that now that this is a premium quality podcast, <laughs> now that this is uh, uh, the, the TF executive experience, mm, that's right. um, you're all in the lounge with us. Uh, no, none of these people are in the lounge. <laughs> oh, okay. The lounge is something we talk about with guests off. Uh, no, we don't talk about off mic. We talk about it on mic. Yeah. None of you are in the lounge. But we're in it off mic. Yeah. Um, no. So uh, it, it, the. the that much of the kind of way that the that sort of pro, like productivity was handled, right, mm. was through you know, storytelling, was fiction. Because mm. that's, like, for example, that's a lot of what credit is is you're telling a story about what you're going to do in the future. And if someone believes, if the, a rich person believes you, then they enable you to do that. Mm. And the percentage of time the lo- that that the loan performs is were you telling the truth or something like it? Yeah, which they tell by how you move your cursor yeah. over the phone. And I think it, and, and that logic, right? The sort of trying to yeah. manage, trying to create and manage our sort of short-term future expectations, and just sort of and, and do that in a very ethereal way, right? Mm. So much work now is purely communicative, because mm. there's it's not, and much of the stuff that much and, and and much of the actual stuff just isn't getting done. It's not even getting done by robots. It's just not getting mm. done. And we and what happened is that sort of bumbled along sort of with a sort of uh, you might say it's contradiction sort of heightening and heightening and heightening mm. and things getting worse and worse and worse and the burden of all of these expectations sort of getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in the last sort of two years has been the undoing of all of that i mean they're, they're, the great and powerful laws has been revealed and it turns out that none of this really was ever functional the buttons were never connected to anything the steering wheel was never pl- the phone was never plugged in <laughs> right mm, yeah that's why whenever I picked it up, it just went moon. <laughs> yeah, and like on on some yeah. level, like the individual causes of the shortages don't matter, right? Like, yeah, because it could have been anything. Um, it was gonna happen sooner or later because the the you know it's a very like, uh, you know, insecure system. But there mm. was one thing that I wanted to pull out, which is that like. Mm. Aside from the obvious reasons why this supply crisis might have happened, you know, like Brexit, COVID, tax, there was one other. Supermarket 9-11. There was one mm. other one. 
British people are unpleasant to work for. This is genuinely <laughs> not a joke. I found uh, a Financial Times interview where they interviewed uh, a lot of like HGV drivers who had worked mm. in the UK and decided not to again. Um, and I, I, I'd like to like read mm. three short paragraphs from this for you. Please do, Alice. Please do. Mm. Gabor said that the shortage of drivers and problems trying to find a flight back to Hungary because of pandemic restrictions effectively meant his final shift in the UK lasted three months with only the mandatory minimum breaks. He was never off work for more than 45 hours. At the height of the pandemic, that meant his lorry's cab was his home. The final straw came when a policeman ordered him back into his truck, citing lockdown restrictions. I was not even allowed to take a walk at the end of my shift, he said. With a bad back and a family waiting in Hungary, Gavor decided he had had enough. And they talked to another guy. They bullied us while drivers kept coming, Kovac said. Now they are begging us. I will never go back. I like England. It's a great country. I will take my family there one day. But to work the way they treat people, never again. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Oh, not not yep. fucking pigeons coming home to roost. The, the fucking consequences <laughs> no, of that. my own actions. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah. The woke Eastern European <laughs> lorry drivers committing 9 11 <laughs> on the treats of the British Merely people. for being routinely disrespected and humiliated in atrocious <laughs> working conditions. <laughs> oh, you oh, just. Man. Yeah, fuck. Just fuck. Great. It's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Ah, uh, Britain's not real. Anyway, uh, I'm 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 tired. It's time for me to move on. Shuffle off this old dusty and get sucked off. Phone. Yeah, we all <laughs> have to go, go back we all into the go, machine. Yeah, yeah mm. it's time to go stand the around the M25 the and sort of you know get sucked off so that the Tories <laughs> can build a giant statue to Moloch. Yeah, I can get sucked off by yeah, the cool. machine that sucks you off because my dick is so long it stretches from Glasgow. Yeah, the big sucking off machine. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's, it's prehensile, like a little yeah, cartoon. It just, just follows the course of the M8 downwards. Mm. <laughs> Alice tried to get her dick removed, but actually, it just accidentally just stretched it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if anything, it's bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, curse you, Britain. Alice is Alice is in that Danish kids cartoon. Now. Yeah. All right, what? all right. It's time for it's time for us. To- yeah, do you not remember when the Danes made that cartoon for children about a man with a ten foot long I, penis? Yeah, tr- truly, I do not. Goodbye, everyone. That was basically the uh, that was the inspiration for the Johannes Vonk uh, not <laughs> or Yap Van Hoot or whatever it was. The other guy from the Godheads who said not ch- pornography starring children. That's disgusting. <laughs> pornography for children, which is educational. <laughs> Yap Ten Hoot. Yap oh. Ten Hoot. That was the guy's name. What, what, when, do you think, when do you think we're going to have another Clogheads record reemerge? Soon. We've got one. We've got one in the works. I just need to. Just we've not. Nate and I have been ships passing in the night recently, mm. but I think this week we're going to be working on it. So. Well, this week you're going to be finding it, I think is what you mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to be in the warehouse mm. yeah. going through all the old boxes of tapes, <laughs> seeing what shows up. Going so, using our long prehensile dicks <laughs> to sort through gross. all the old eight tracks. You know what? Gross. That's yeah. really gross. Um, also, Use a short prehensile dick. Uh, the, uh, uh, just before, yeah, like a Roman would have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, just before we go, though, I did notice that tomorrow's political cartoon in the Telegraph is 
uh, Boris dressed like Lenin and the words conservatives written with a hammer and sickle in place of the uh, C and the T. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we will be, be, be sending a cease and desist in relation to our Soviet Union but shit and expensive t-shirt. I, t- I yeah. took fucking psychic damage from that. Well, time for me to go take psychic damage elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, we have a Patreon. <laughs> Subscribe to it. Five bucks a month, second episode a week. Mm. It's got a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, mm. yeah, that's it. Unlike your national insurance, it's not going up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's it. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye.